I am as I am not in this podcast. What? You're not in this podcast? No, I, as I am, I am not in this podcast. Then who is in this podcast? I'm reading the foreword of the, this is the foreword of the book I was reading, Heraclitus, uh, Fragments, Penguin Classics, Translated, Brooks, Haxton, H-A-X-T-O-N. Oh, that's a classic. Well, this is classical. Yeah, it's classic. Forward. I am as I am not. Because archetypal modes of thought transcend time and place, the insights of Heraclitus are strikingly postmodern. Yeah, this is a because it's postmodern. It's appropriate for me to do a postmodern podcast, although conceived 500 years before our era in the Greek city of Ephesus. Actually, I've been to Ephesus. And they have uh, the famous library there. His poetic aphorisms show a deconstructive mind at work. Yeah, and this podcast also shows a deconstructive mind at work. Reading these poetic aphorisms. Also, you'll read uh, poetic aphorisms. Yeah, like I've read, like, Basho's poetry and things that are like haiku poetry. So if it's an aphorism or poetic, it qualifies for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, as it is, and or maybe as it is not. The life of thought does not necessarily progress. For as he says, any day stands equal to the rest. Yeah, and any of my podcasts stand equal to the rest, and any day of my life stands equal to the rest. Uh, so your days don't have uh, good and bad days. And the life in the life of the thought, yeah. Since moving forward and moving back are one and the same. Yeah, I... Um, for me, on the tennis court, moving forward and back is pretty much the same thing, okay? The latest postmodern thinking completes the circle where Heraclitus began. The beginning is the end. Yeah, and when I began uh, meditation, uh, I was the beginning of the end because the end result of Meditation is to figure out the pathway to the the way to heaven. So, also at the end, you're gonna go to heaven. Oh, you're going in the beginning to heaven. Yeah, I went in the beginning to heaven, and at the end, I'll also go. How do you know for sure? The beginning is the end. Then it says, maybe that's aphorism 70. Early Greek thinkers sought the stuff of which the world was made. Uh, for Tales, 
T-H-A-L-E-S. It was water for Anna Semenes air. For Anna and Ma Anna Zamanda, a combination of hot and cold. Empedocles expanded the stuff to four inconstructible elemental principles. While Anaxagoras is said to have proposed innumerable generative seeds composing the nature of things. The atomist, uh, yeah, they, they had the atom. The atomist abstracted the seeds yet further. Yeah, so uh, proposing multiple particles moving in a void. <laughs> Yeah, they had multiple particles, like moving in a void, sort of like a, uh, <laughs> quarks or, or neutrons and protons. The Pythagoreans found the truth of the world lies in numbers, the proportions and relations, and Parmenides, the most metaphysical of them all, laid out his theory of the cosmos through the sheer power of logical thought. Yeah, so we might find out the theory of the cosmos in this podcast. Heraclitus took a different tack. His method is more psychological. He posited no basic substance. Nor did he abstract the world of the senses into numbers, atoms, or, or assertions about being as a whole. Instead, he said, nothing is stable. Yeah, there's nothing stable in this podcast, and nothing stable. Your life isn't stable either. Is your uh, tennis hits at least at all stable? Hmm. Nothing is stable. In this podcast, all is in flux. Yeah, everything is in flux and nothing is stable. Whatever you say about anything, its opposite is equally true. Yeah, whatever the Democrats say, the the opposite of what the Republicans say is also equally true. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, they both sides have some truth in what they say. <laughs> also, they are both true. <laughs> How are you going to have an election? <laughs> he brought language into the game of cosmological thinking. Oh. Declarations will always be self-contradictory, relative, subjective. People dull their wits with gibberish and cannot use their ears and eyes. Uh, yeah, that's number four. They lack the skill to listen or to speak. Yeah, and they don't actually listen or speak correctly. Their wits are dulled with gibberish. Uh, that's by looking at Twitter, or maybe watching TV, or going to the movies, or looking at Facebook or Instagram. What else they do? They even look at the news and stuff. Is everything gibberish? People dull their wits with gibberish. 
and cannot use their eyes and ears. They're not able to use actually their inner ears and inner eyes. They don't use their third eye and they don't use their listening faculty to listen to the music of the spheres on the right side of the head and the inner ear. They lack the skill to listen or to speak. Yeah. Well, I have to accept the fact that I'm lacking in the skill to speak, so I'm practicing in this podcast. You cannot know the world in the manner of natural philosophy or mathematics or deductive logic. Oh, he's saying you cannot know the world from deductive logic. Because by a cosmic rule, all things change. Oh, no. Yeah, actually, even in scientific thought, they'll have a theory, and then later on they'll change a theory, a new theory, and then later on a new theory after that changes it again. The sun is new again all day. The river where you set your foot just now is gone. Those waters giving way to this, now this. He says that's fragment 41. Oh, that's the most famous one. Yeah. Well, is that all you a priori knew about it? Did you actually know anything about this guy? Or was your mind dull with wits? Your wits were dull with gibberish? Yeah. Well, does that the cause of you being dull is uh, gibberish? Uh, do you talk too much, podcast too much, or listen to too much, or watch the news, or you watch TV, or you watch movies? Or What's wrong with you? His name for this changing flux of process in today's terms is fire, a metaphor for the shifting meanings of all truth. Therefore, the verbal account or logos, yeah, logos, L-O-G-O-S, of the world is also fire. Truth, wisdom, knowledge, reality, none can stand apart from this fire that allows no objective fixity. Heracletian fire, it must be insisted as neither... A metaphysical essence like the elements of his peers, nor spiritual energy, nor material substance. The fire that burns your hand, it's his fire, is metaphorical, a psychological intensity that penetrates through all literalisms. Quicksilver fire that flows through the hand, burns the face. Whatever tries to grasp reality and hold it firm, this fire as the act principle of deconstruction so so we're talking about the active principle of deconstruction brilliantly deconstructs itself yeah so this podcast will at the end it's going to brilliantly deconstruct itself oh okay you can, however, reflect your own mind, see into your own thoughts. You can become psychological, or as he puts it, quote, applicants for wisdom do what I have done, 
inquire within. So, fragment 80, if you want to apply for wisdom in this podcast, you can apply within. Where is within? Within the podcast or within the website? Where is within? People ought to know themselves, for fragment 106. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, what happened? My software wants to update itself, and it's in constantly in flux. Yeah, the uh, actual um, software of your phone is constantly in flux, and they're constantly <laughs> updating it in the middle of your podcast. Oh, your phone was in flux? Yeah. They ask if I wanted to install an update in the middle of this podcast. Uh, people ought to know themselves. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, we've heard this concept of knowing yourself. Uh, people ought to know themselves. But who am I? That's a good question. Is that why you meditate? Uh-huh. This psychological turn means you cannot know the psych, no matter how endless your search. The psyche, since consciousness is always also its opposite. Unconsciousness, how better say this than I am as I am not. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I am when I am not. So, when I am not in meditation, I am, and when I am. In meditation, I am not. Uh, <laughs> Statements pertaining to sleep add support to the notion of Heraclitus, the psychologist. Rather, this is a psychology podcast. Rather than a focus upon the healing efficacy of dreams, and as in the Asclepian cult of his time, or upon their pragma, prognostic meaning, as summed up in Egyptian and later Greek writings by Artemidonus, Heraclitus simply states that the Logos is active in sleep. Even while you are resting, the fire burns. Dreaming is the flickering activity of the mind participating in the world's imagination. Whether the dream helps us feel better and sleep or cures our distress and prefigures our destiny is less its essential nature than its energetic spontaneity. Yeah, this is an energetic, spontaneous podcast. yeah. During sleep, we may be each apart from the commonly shared world, a world. Yet the never-resting Logos, it's never-resting, yeah. The Logos, yeah, it's, it's sort of like music. It just keeps playing. And uh, Logos goes on producing images ever new as the sun each day as the river's flowing. In our private dress, the restlessness of the cosmos continues to do its work. Yeah, it's going to continue, basically. For all the puzzling juxtapositions, hot, cold, pure, tainted, war, peace, plenty, famine, that quicken the reader's speculations. Yeah, 
Sometimes the reader, the listeners of this podcast speculate about the podcaster. Quick in the reader's speculations. Heraclitus insists on a king's practical sense of things. Oh, yeah, and, but I insist upon a keen practical sense of things. Yeah. Yeah, I was upset like uh, somebody they raised the that was house was cold and the, they raised the thermostat to like 90 just because they're so dramatic. It's like and then the house gets too hot and it's not a practical sense of things. Yeah, you just raise it. To, it gets hot just as fast when you raise it to like 75 and it does to 90. So. Yeah, I insist upon a keen practical sense of things. Yeah. So you were mad about that. and Well, it, it's not nice to the people in the house, really. And uh, you wake up at... Uh, at one o'clock in the morning when it's 80 degrees in the house, it's annoying. Oh, okay, so you're annoyed, yeah. well, What I'm saying is people should have a keen practical sense of things. Okay. No lofty idealism. Yeah, but I thought that your podcasts were lofty idealism, basically. So, But on the one hand, you're saying you have a practical sense of things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a... <laughs> yeah, I'm a layman Buddhist. I'm not... A, I'm very practical. You're a layman Buddhist. Yeah. No lofty idealism. Dulling generalities that smooth over life's honest hardness. Yeah, I believe in life's honest hardness. You should have, like, a hard muscles from playing uh, tennis. Like, they say that the, that the right arm of a tennis player has 20% more bone density than the left one. So, yeah. That's why I'm saying life's honest hardness. Hungry livestock, though in sight of pasture, need the prod. And most people need the prod to do meditation. That's why I'm prodding people along. They need the prod to get up out of bed and do meditation. Yeah. That's like... Um, that's... That's... Um, uh, fragment 55. Hungry livestock, though in sight of pasture, need the prod. Yeah, the sheep are, like, sheep are, like, they're, they're famous for being stupid, I guess. So, yeah. And they all follow each other. It's sort of like um, people on Twitter. <laughs> they're like sheep that follow, that tweet, tweets. Uh, war makes us as we are. 62, poet. The poet was a fool who wanted no conflict. I used to think that I, I would like to have no conflict, but, but it turns out that that could be foolish. The poet was a fool who wanted no conflict. So I, since I need conflict to write poetry, I'm going to have to get create conflict. What? What are you talking about? Are you crazy? 
go to Ukraine and find some conflict so you can write a poem. Okay. The mind needs strength. Uh, 45. Yeah, you also have to be strong. I've seen that somewhere else. That, uh, that you need strength. Uh, the mind needs it. That's why you have to work out. Uh, oh, yeah. No sloppy emotionalism either. And no sloppy emotionalism. The thing is, a lot of religions and things like maybe evangelical Christianity is sloppy emotionalism. Yeah. They're just sloppy. and It's emotional. They get whipped themselves up emotionally and call that religion. Yeah. No sloppy emotionalism either. Heraclitus would hardly be found among enthusiastic revivalists or holistic healers of the New Age. Yeah, he wouldn't uh, be found amongst evangelical Christians or, or like faith healers. And, um, and now they're saying he wouldn't be in the New Age people, uh, the beat generation. I thought he's kind of beat, though. <laughs> Quote, dry the soul grows wise and good. Dry. That's dry. That's dry. It's where you're not drinking booze. Dry the soul grows wise and good. Moisture makes the soul succumb. Which I have understood to be a warning against drowning in easiness. Easiness, yeah. I'm against easiness. Comfortable, complacent, content, these soft. Soporifics extinguish the fire of the soul. Yeah, don't get too comfortable and lay, just lay in bed. Mejor dicho, sabes, sabe a dónde es como es como aquí a dos bloques, a dos dos tres, a dos bloques. Yeah, like like getting too comfortable. It's sort of like. Um, <laughs> Anne Margaret in the movie uh, Carnal Knowledge, where she gets married and she lays in bed and she stops working and she just lays in bed. What? Yeah. Moreover, no re religiosity. Fragments 116. Onward, state pithy truths that do not let us escape into the wishful denials of reality. Those who mouth high talk may think themselves high minded. Yeah, I think that because I'm reading this, I think that I'm high-minded. Uh, this is high-minded stuff because I'm obviously saying that I'm better. Yeah, I'm better than uh, all those other religious people and stuff. Those who mouth I talk may think themselves high-minded. Yeah, when I use my mind, I think I'm high-minded. Uh, that's why I try to... <laughs> Go into meditation and erase the whole thing. Yeah. Neither you hope nor your fantasies tell you anything about what comes after death. The unknown is not revealed by faith. Fate does not govern from elsewhere, but is in your character. Yeah, I think uh, your fate is in your character. This is a very profound thing. Uh, a lot of people believe that. Your fate is character. Yeah, fate is not governed for Bowser, but is in your character the way you bear yourself each day. Because humans understand so little of the gods, the initiations and mysteries we practice are not true holiness. 
Haxton's English captures Heraclitus's toughness. One thunderbolt strikes root through everything. War as father of all things, king and hunger, even in the elements and insolence. The mind that strains itself needs strength, as does the arm. Yeah. Heraclitian vision is Greek. The unknown nature of the gods is borne out by the facts of nature and by the tragic flaws in human biography. The fire is demanding and it takes its toll, as well as giving a vision of the things of, of nature of things and the truth of the world we live in the passages, state of poetics, of dissonance. Another reason Heraclitus says appeal for writers, artists, and psychologists in the heart of the mind, there is a tension. We are pulled apart, inflamed, and at rest. Therefore, our expressions must hold the tension so as to be steep, accurately and poignantly, the actual soul as it exists. How from a fire that never sinks or sets would you escape? Yeah, how do you escape from a fire that never sinks or sets? Well, that's what I'm saying. The way you escape from the mind is through meditation. Oh. Hmm. Heraclitus has also bequeathed to Western culture a mode of expressing this fire, the aphoristic phrase, a body of work attributed to him, a consistent collection of insert sendiary sparks that spark scholarship calls fragments as if to say the work is incomplete, only shrouds of a whole thing. Thoughts told, but scholarship misses the fact that the style is the message. Yeah, the style of this podcast is the message. The snapshot, the aperçu, aperçu, I can't, aperçu, the A-P-E-R-C-U in French, reveals things as they are. The eye, the ear, the mind, and action, these I value. Yeah, I am, uh, I value the... The eye, the ear, and the mind in action in a tennis game. To speculate about the lost books, Trist distracts. To speculation distracts. To speculate about the lost books distracts from the power of the fragments. And their message, all things change, all things flow. The world is revealed only in quick glances. Yeah, the fact that they were fragmented is that they were changed, huh? There can be no completion. Things keep their secrets there because we cannot be fixed into the comprehensive formulations of a book. No sooner known and explained that Van has changed. Therefore, the way known way is in impasse. Faced with this impasse, usual thinkers try to grasp the flow either by religious mystification or by over-precise reductive explanations there. Whereas the thinker, the true prophet who is on track, speaks in signs, must like gestures, hints, and metaphors in a podcast that neither reveal nor conceal. These signs allow for many meanings with an ambiguous suggestive possibilities. Yeah, that's what I put in my podcast, is many meanings with ambiguous and suggestive possibilities. Again, I see a parallel with the psychological approach to interpretation, it favors responses and metaphors, images, sharp-pointed insights that stir the mind to awakened meditation, awakened observation, and deepened reflection. We are still riddling out these fragments, generation after generation, and ever new. 
necessary fresh translations, translations age, and even though the original texts do not. In fact, classic texts are rejuvenated by the virtue of this fresh podcast. Rejuvenated by virtue of fresh translation, if all things flow, then each translation must be different from every other one, yet still be the same. Just as Heraclitus River, or to say it otherwise, the sun is new every day, and the Haxton Trail offers a translation for this day or our day. Heraclitus has moved philosophers from Plato through Nietzsche, Whitehead, Heidegger, and Jung, and Haxton says in his admirably condensed introduction. It is mainly from philosophers, ancient writers, and church fathers that the fragments have been culled and passed on. Therefore, everything we read and refer to as Heraclitus is second or third hand, even fourth. Yeah, in that the Greek and Latin have been turned into English. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it's secondhand in the, just in the fact that it's translated. So, And it's even third or fourth hand that it's podcast. And uh, What Heraclesus actually said or wrote, we have only signs pointing to the authority of a half-revealed, half-concealed author. Yeah, and this is only, I'm only revealing half in this podcast. And, and I'm half-concealed as a podcaster. I like to think he would have enjoyed this deconstructive podcast of his lasting words through the centuries of time, James Hillman. That's the uh, preface, I think, to the the book. Uh, Is it read in a fragmented way? It's called The Forward, because it... It says, I am as I am not. And that's how it was not. This is fragment 87. In 30 years, a newborn boy can grow to father him a son, who grows by then to father sons himself. Yeah, like uh, I grew up and uh, when I was like, uh, how old were we all? Oh, yeah, I... How old were you? Oh, you keep asking how old I was. So, yeah, I was already like 35 when I fathered a son. Oh, 30 therefore names the moon of generation. Ah. Look, the baby born under the new moon, under the old moon, holds her grandchild in her arms. Yeah. Yeah, I was lucky with having a kid because I lived at 888 8th Avenue. And uh, he was born on the 28th day. Uh, and uh, and he was born on the 88th day. <laughs> so, and, it was, uh, and when he turns 80, I'll be 88 or something. So it's all these lucky numbers. So, yeah. Even a soul submerged in sleep is hard to at work and helps to make something of the world. Yeah, my soul has been working hard on my... I'm going to write my second part of my memoir. And uh, and I keep having all these dreams of the past. 
Yeah, what good are these messed up dreams of yours in writing your memoir? Are you going to use them as your work material? <laughs> what happened to more? The ropa. Since mindfulness, of all things, is that similar to mindfulness? Uh, that the, since mind, are you mindful? Since mindfulness, of all things, is the ground of being. Uh, is that like vipassana or something? To speak one's true mind and to keep things known in common serves all being. Just as laws make clear, uphold the city yet with greater strength of all pronouncements of the law. One source is the word. Yeah, one source is the word. Whereby we choose what helps true mindfulness prevail. Yeah. I think if you listen to the word uh, or the logos, then it might make true mindfulness prevail. What? Yeah, that's how you get true mindfulness, by listening to the music of the spheres in meditation. Although we need the word to keep things known and common, people still treat specialists as if they're nonsense. We're a form of wisdom. Yeah, and we still, even though... We have the word. We still think that these doctors and stuff are something special and that they know something, but they don't seem to know anything. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't like doctors. He said they torture you, which they do, I suppose. So, yeah. You don't like doctors? So. Well, he's saying they don't know anything, so... Yeah, for how many years did people take supplements and supplements cause cancer? Oh my God, what happened? Is it B3 or which one? Fools seek counsel from the ones they doubt. Yeah, I'm seeking counsel from the ones they doubt. People need not act and speak as if they were asleep. The waking have one world in common. Sleepers, meanwhile, turn aside, each into the darkness of his own. The habit of knowledge is not human, but divine. The language of a grown man to the cosmic power sounds like baby talk to men. To a god, the wisdom of the wisest man sounds a pish. To a Beauty is a human face, looks a pish, too. In everything we have attained, the excellence of apes, apish. To the God, the wisdom of the wisest man sounds apish. Beauty in, this, uh, in a human face looks apish, too. And everything we have attained, the excellence of apes, the ape, apes find most beautiful, looks apish to non-apes. People ought to fight to keep their law as to defend the city's walls. The luckiest man die worthwhile deaths. <laughs> Gods like men rever the boys who die for them in battle. Huh. Insolence needs drowning worse than wildfire. Always having what we want may not be the best good fortune. Health seems sweetest. After sickness, food in hunger, goodness in the wake of evil, and at the end of day-long labor, sleep. Uh, yeah, yeah. When I was uh, up in the in the very cold weather, like uh, 
10, I think it was 10 degrees, and, uh, and we were chopping wood. And you worked on day-long labor, like you were chopping wood and cooking, cutting down trees, and you worked and picking up logs. Yeah, when I did day-long labor, I, I went to sleep at, uh, what time did you go to sleep? Like, oh, I would fall asleep at, in a deep sleep at 8 o'clock. Oh, okay. In the wake of evil and at the end of a day-long labor sleep. Yearning hurts and what release may come of it feels much like death. All people ought to know themselves and everyone be wholly mindful. To be even-minded is the greatest virtue. Yeah, to do an even-minded podcast is the greatest virtue. Yeah, if I could be even-minded, it would be the greatest virtue. To be even-minded is the greatest virtue. Wisdom is to speak and tell the truth and act in keeping with its nature. Yeah, I should speak the truth and act in keeping with its nature. Oh, yeah, why don't you? Not to be quite such a fool sounds good. Yeah, if I'm not completely foolish, I put a lot of foolish stuff in this podcast, but not to be quite such a fool sounds good. The trick with so much wine and easy company is how. Stupidity is better kept a secret than displayed. Yeah, it might be better if I keep my stupidity a secret than display it. Stupidity is better kept a secret than display it. Sound thinking is to listen well and choose one course of action. Uh, Yeah, you could choose one course of action today. Yeah, I'm trying to choose one course of action today. Not two. What? You're not going to do more than one thing today? (laughs) Sound thinking is to listen well and choose one course of action. What use are these people's wits who let themselves be led by speech makers and crowds without considering how many fools and thieves they are among And how few choose the good. The best choose progress towards one thing. A name forever honored by the gods. While others eat their way towards sleep like nameless oxen. Good morning. Not far from the ancient city of Miletus lived the son of Tatamas, whose name was Bias Bias. I would have known it if this one man more than others earned the great good esteem of worthy people. Give me one man from among ten thousand, if he be the best. As for the Ephesians, I would have them, youths, elders, and all those between, go hang themselves, leaving the city in the abler hands of children. Yeah, you could just have the children remain with the banishment of Hermodoros, they say, no man should be worthier than average. Thus my fellow citizens declare, whoever would seek excellence can find it elsewhere among others. 
dogs by this same logic bark at what they cannot understand. What is not yet known, those blinded by bad faith can never learn. Stupidity is doomed, therefore, to cringe at every syllable of wisdom. Yes, yeah, stupidity is doomed to cringe. They always cringe at every syllable of wisdom. They do cringe, yeah. While those who mouth high talk may think themselves high-minded, justice keeps the book on hypocrites and liars. Homer I deem worthy in a trial by combat of good cud cudgeling, cudgeling, and archimolocos, the same, any day stands equal to the rest. One's bearing shapes one's fate. Yeah, my bearing, like the way I hold my posture, shapes my tennis game. After death comes nothing hoped for, nor imagined. The remnant keeps watch over the dead and living. Revenant. Nightwalker, Marcus, and their entourage, Bacchus, and mystics of the wine press with stained faces and damp wits. Initiation here into the ancient mysteries so honored among men mocks holiness. They raise their voices at stone image idols as a man might argue with his doorpost. They have understood so little of the gods. <laughs> Dionysus is their name for death, and if they do not claim the statue of the drunk they worship was a god, or call their incoherent song about his cock there with him, everyone would know what filth their shamelessness has made of them, and the name of God. A sacred ritual may be performed by one entirely purified, but seldom. Other rites belong to those confined in the sodden lumber of the body, tainted souls who try to purify themselves with blood are like the man who steps in filth and thinks to bathe in sewage. Silence healing. Huh, that's how it ends. Silence. Yeah, you can heal yourself. From this podcast with silence. Uh, oh, wow. Hmm. Introduction. Yeah, the introduction says... Uh, introduction. Says, when the iron hoe was a new invention, Pythagoras of mathematical logic as the language of cosmic prophecy. Now when we say equals mc squared, we are stating in mathematical terms the thought of Pythagoras's contemporary, Heraclitus, who said that energy is the essence of matter. Heraclitus put it in a Greek, ancient Greek way this way. All things change to fire, and fire exhausted falls back into things. Yeah, that's e equals mc squared. Einstein agreed. For him, the earth and sun and the moon and the stars, the winds and waters, everything became energy and flux in relativity, and the world was staggered by mental shock. 
than by physical explosions. But the wisdom of Heraclitus held true 2,500 years after his death. Hail, rare heir to the throne in Ephesus, one of the world's richest and most powerful cities. Heraclitus gave up the kingdom and chose instead of the trappings of power to seek the word of wisdom. His writings survived the Persian Empire dominant in this time, and then the Greek and Roman for hundreds of years. Great writers Plato, Aristotle, Marcus Aurelius, and others quoted him with respect. Then his book, with thousands of the finest works of that world, disappeared forever. Huh. Yeah, I don't know what happened to the edited up fragments. Oh, it's too bad. Scholars describe this last book as the first coherent philosophical treatise, but the existing fragments resemble prophecy and poetry as much as they do philosophical discourse. After all, philosophy had just begun. <laughs> Pythagoras or Pythagoras had only lately coined the word philosopher, meaning lover of wisdom, but the pursuit of wisdom is much older than Pythagoras, or his word for himself as a serious student. His word for himself. Uh, yeah, I could say that I'm a philosopher. Heraclitus uses the word for wisdom, sophus, 13 times in the surviving fragments of his work. The one time he mentions philosophers, he speaks of their need for learning. But he says that wisdom is beyond learning and beyond cleverness. Yeah, it's actually beyond cleverness. Of all the words yet spoken, none comes quite as far as wisdom, which is the action of the mind beyond all things that may be said. Wisdom, he says, is the oneness of mind that guides and permeates all things. For Heraclitus, wisdom must, like fire, is the very essence of the cosmos. Before Heraclitus, the traditions most attentive to this oneness existed in various cultures as wisdom poetry. Further to the east, Gautama Buddha, another prince who deserted his kingdom for the pursuit of wisdom, was an exact contemporary, exact contemporary of Heraclitus. As were the legendary Lao Tzu and Confucius. Huh. Wow, that's an interesting Buddha, Heraclitus, Tao Tzu, and Confucius, all closely associated with poetic traditions of wisdom. So those are the grand uh, wise guys. Yeah, those are the top guys. Wisdom poetry is often allied with religion, but it is distinct from the religious poetries of Prayer, praise, and narrative because it focuses on all upon the task of speaking wisdom. The wisdom books best known in the European cultures are Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. But anyone can see marked similarities between the so-called pessimism of Heraclitus and that in the book of Ecclesiastes written not far to the south during the same century. Huh. Equally striking. Oh, so it's similar. Huh, those two guys together. Oh, yeah, that's very similar. Equally striking similarities.
may be found between the wisdom of Heraclitus and myself. And between the wisdom of Heraclitus. And that in other traditions. <laughs> yeah, in other traditions. Uh, a man disillusioned to the point of wanting to die. In the famous Egyptian dispute between a man and his soul, for example, feels trapped like those said by Heraclitus to be confined in the sudden lumber of the body. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he's confined within the house with the children. The Egyptian seeks, quote, the movement of eternal return. He waits, quote, the mystical encounter with the Lord of transfer formations hidden in his body. This Lord being the falcon god, Sokar. Who's Sokar? Is he like Onkar? <laughs> Who disappears and with his prey into the fire of the sun. Yeah, that's references from Bika Reed's Rebel in the Soul, an ancient Egyptian dialogue between a man and his destiny. Yeah, they have this place, Rochester, Vermont, with the inner traditions. Yeah, where's Rochester? Rochester. You used to talk about Rochester. All this represents the body, fire, death, and transformation, much as Heraclitus would describe them more than a thousand years later. Heraclitus says of the dead, quote, corpses like night soil get carried off. Souls change into water on their way towards death and fire. Of all things is the judge and ravisher. The Egyptian poet says of the dead man, quote, cast from his house and flung upon the hill that the flood takes him, the sun takes him, fish talk to him in shallow water. Most germane to Heraclitus is of all these traditions, maybe the Persian. Persian in his time consolidated under Darius to control almost all of Asia Minor was the inheritor of the legacy of Sumer with a 2,000-year-old tradition of wisdom poetry. Persia's most powerful new religion was the worship of the Lord Wisdom, uh, Aru, Mazda, as taught by the prophet Zarathustra, who lived earlier in the same century as Heraclitus. Oh, also there's Zarathustra, you forgot him. A tenet of Zoroastrian teaching was the identification of wisdom with an ever-living fire. A pyre arizona, as Heraclitus calls his version. Such resemblances are too poignant to ignore, and we would want to ignore. We would want to ignore them. Thank you for medicina. Thank you. Oh, the medicine, yeah. She gets a lot of por favors. And why? But historical connections are doubtful. Heraclitus never mentions the Lord Wisdom, yet the word Theos does appear nine times among the fragments. Scholars differ in their exact sense of the tone and meaning of this word, which is translated most literally as God. Clearly, Heraclitus meant to distinguish his attitude 
from others, more prevalent at the time, he says. They raise their voices at stone idols as a man might argue with his doorpost. They have understood so little of the gods. <laughs> yeah, and they just think they can talk to God like he's a doorpost or something. <laughs> huh. The conventional presences of the Greek gods over at the edges of these fragments, especially Apollo, God of prophecy and cosmic fire, but Theos also refers to a present uh, distinct from any mythological person. Are you a person? Yes. Are you a person? Yes. Are you mythological? Yes. Mm. You are? Yes. Uh, what's your word for God? Is it Theos? Dan? Huh? Are you going to Inglésia today or you don't go? Yes. Yes? Yes. Are you dancing? Do you no. sing? No. You don't sing? No. You dance? No. Ah, this presence is as vital to the thought of Heraclitus. As our wisdom, the word, and fire. Heraclitus makes this clear when he speaks of the rules of Theos. In fragment 36, By cosmic rule, as day yields to night, so winter, summer, war, peace, plenty, famine, all things change. Fire penetrates the lump of myrrh until the joining bodies die and rise again in smoke called incense. In another fragment, Heraclitus hints at his kin kinship with the poets and prophets when he says, quote, without obscurity or needless explanation, the true prophet signifies the very closeness of this association may account for the need in Heracles to set his work apart when he says outright, yeah, I have a need to set my work apart in this podcast. We need no longer take the poets and myth-makers for sure witnesses about disputed facts. Heraclitus is at equal pains to distinguish himself from philosophers he mentions and from his contemporaries in general, from the few who consider wisdom without understanding and from the many who make no attempt. Yeah, this is what bothers me when people don't make an attempt to even check this book out of the library and they don't try to learn anything. And yeah, what's wrong with them? To a sober mind, the drunkenness of cultic worshippers must have been particularly unappealing in a cosmopolitan city like Ephesus with gods of wine on every side, drunken Greeks initiated into the Thracian ecstasies of Dionysus running amok with drunken Phrygians, worshipping Sabazurus, Lydians possessed by Basarius and Cretans, in the frenzy of Zagritius, complaining, all claiming in their cups to have transcended understanding. Yeah. Yeah, I went out drinking with these guys, and I'm... I can claim that I've transcended without drinking. I was in Ephesus and went out drinking. and I transcended understanding, despite good reasons to distrust their thinking of others and to disapprove their actions. 
Heraclitus argues movingly for truths that any thinking person can understand. Since mindfulness of all things is the ground of being, to speak one's true mind and to keep things known in common. Oh, you found that. Is that a Nino satisfier? <laughs> you liking it? Uh-oh, you better have Grammy to pour it into a bowl. You have Lala? Ask Lala to give you some. You better put it in a cup. Uh, don't spill the whole thing. Don't spill it. Keep things known in common serves so well. Such as laws may clear up all the city. Yeah, she's got to be mindful. What are you eating? You uh, have to share. Okay. Sharing is caring. <laughs> yeah, I'm Grandma. As Lala. Abuela. Abuela? I can't. I can't. You can open it? Yes. Oh. Look. I know. But sharing is caring. Just a second. Let me finish. At this task of speaking is true, mine ancient and modern readers yeah. agree. Heraclitus is among the greatest writers of this language, and perhaps comparable to the shapelessness and power of his style, even to the finest writer of his lifetime. First of the... Can you read? Can you read English? No. Great playwrights as Goyapoyas. This liveliness of style is all the more engaging because the life of Heraclitus is almost also remarkable. An early and abiding influence on Christian thought is famously transparent in the Christian language that opens the gospel according to John. Quote, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So I can claim that this podcast was the Word which is God. Thus, the scientific purpose of Heraclitus has remained startling and valuable for 2,500 years. His social satire has kept its edge, and his contributions to philosophy formative in his time have been enduring. Ironically, the great writer keeps insisting upon the limits of his art as a way towards knowledge, wisdom, he says, to, to a god, the wisdom of the wisest man sounds apish. Beauty in the human face looks a push too, and everything we obtain the excellence of Maybe I can eat it and share. You can share? Yeah. Yeah, you can eat it, but don't spill it. Okay. This is funny, first of all, and very dark as its persuasiveness sinks in. But finally, it reveals itself to the lucid darkness of the truth that speakers of English at the present millennium are still privileged to consider. Quote, to be even-minded is the greatest virtue. Heraclitus still persuades us wisdom is to speak the truth and act in keeping with its nature. Now open. Now it's open, yeah. yeah. Can I taste it? Yeah, yeah, but just you put it in a... Be careful because it don't want to spill it. Mmm. Mm. Oh, it's delicious. You like it? Yeah. You like popcorn? Mm-hmm. I like it. It's delicious. This word says delicious. Mm-hmm. Yes. It says heaven light. Yeah, it's like heavenly light. It's abounding. 
Look, it says it abounds. I found it. It's called abound heavenly light popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I like it. So this is the heavenly light in this podcast.